to Change Nation, I'm Ariane. You might have heard in the media some references to 2012. Something might happen, something dramatic might happen. Maybe you're just curious. I know that there's a big Hollywood film coming out as well called 2012. So what I wanted to do today on this episode is really understand, well, what is happening? What might happen? I've brought with us an expert who's also a best-selling author. His name is Daniel Pinchbeck. He is the author of a book called 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl. He's a journalist, award-winning producer also of a film coming out called 2012, Time for Change. So we're really going to decipher this whole 2012 mystery. Nice to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Daniel, what do we need to know about 2012? For people who've just maybe heard the concept, Mm -hmm. I just want to clarify what has been said, what has been said historically, spiritually, scientifically? Uh, Well, December 21st, 2012, um, scholars have recognized as the end of the long count calendar of the classical Mayan civilization, which was a very sophisticated culture that developed in the Yucatan and Mexico and Guatemala until around 1000 AD when it it quite mysteriously kind of disappeared. Uh, There are monuments and, and kind of pyramids have been rediscovered in the last two centuries. So it's really very recently that we've begun to understand more about uh, the classical Mayan civilization. I mean, there are indigenous Mayan people uh, today, but they didn't preserve many of the aspects of of this more sophisticated and and, and, uh, civilization that had developed, uh, including they they didn't preserve this long count calendar. If you look at uh, Mayan uh, Mesoamerican mythology, you look at the Papal Vuh, they talk about these cycles of kind of world's creation and destruction and then different different cycles, you know, so it could be the Aztecs talk about the age of the fifth sun or the age of the sixth sun and the Hopi who seem to be related to the Maya talk about the, uh, the, the we're at the end of the fourth world moving into the fifth world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what it seems that we're getting from these different indigenous traditions is this idea that we're on the, the cusp or the hinge of, of a transition or transformation or, or transmutation in the earth and, and, and human consciousness. Um, you know, I, I could explain why, why I think it's you know valuable to take these types of cultures more seriously than, than modern the modern world has. Uh, that came out of my own exploration through shamanism and psychedelic substances that are used in, in ceremony. I mean, I wrote a first book called, book called Breaking Open the Head, and I went to West Africa, I went to Mexico, I went to uh, you know. Um, all sorts of places to real Ecuador and, and, and participated in these shamanic ceremonies and had experiences of, of psychic uh, realities, kind of other dimensions of reality that our normal worldview has, has kind of barred us from, from appreciating or accepting as, as valid, uh, you know, including experiences where shamans would like tell me stuff about my past or people would have premonitions about the future that would then come true. So it's, it, what I began to figure out from the first book is that there, there's a whole different kind of knowledge system that, the, that these traditions represent, and, and actually they, they seem to have validity in their own context. Um, so Daniel, for people who are still grappling with, well, what's going to happen on December 21st, 2012? So, not you know, that you know right, specifically, yeah, exactly. but your I, research, I, what my, does my, I don't know what's going to happen on that date. I'm not fundamentalist about that date. I think that it, it's clear, you know, if we step back um, and 
look at what's happening on a planetary scale, that we are in a crucial transition time. We're at a time where 25% you know, of all mammalian species will be extinct in the next 30 years. And we're beginning to see that you know, at a certain point, if you erode the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the organic life of the planet, it may no longer be an environment where the you know, human beings can survive. You know, so at the moment, we're seeing like mass disappearance of the honeybee population, butterflies, and so on. You have uh, very respected scientists like James Lovelock saying that by the end of this century, there's going to be 100 to 150 million people left on the Earth. Uh, we're seeing an acceleration of climate change, which is leading to uh, droughts, uh, reduction in farmland. We're seeing, you know, our, our, our Western, our, our you know, cap, our, our kind of resource-intensive Western industrial lifestyle is leaving, leading to a uh, kind of desolation of the planetary uh, ecology, the planetary environment. And so, just taking that alone, we're at, we're at a crucial juncture where either we come to consciousness about what we're doing to the planet, and, and actually you know, participate in a, in a transformation on, on a species level of our behavior, or we, or we it's very likely we won't make it uh, as a species or in only very reduced uh, circumstances. Now, beyond that, then there's, um, you know, this technological evolution, you know, even us being able to have this conversation now and potentially disseminate it across the planet. I mean, this is a very, very new phenomenon. So it seems as if the... Um, uh, what some people talk about is the newosphere, which means like the kind of thought envelope around the Earth uh, is becoming uh, more accessible, and and you know it's almost as if a global mind is, is developing out of out of our media network technologies. And then for me, you know, there's this evolution of technology, destruction of the biosphere, and then I believe there's also an accelerated change happening in the nature of the psyche and the nature of human consciousness. And for me, part of that is our capacity to reintegrate uh, the psychic aspects of being. Uh, so for me, one way to think about 2012 is it might be the cusp of a uh, transition on a species level from the physical and biological phase of human evolution to the conscious phase and the psychic phase of our evolution. Do you think people should be scared? Like, is this a time for fear? Is it a time for more faith? Is it a time for reconnection? Like, well, what, okay, what I, can I do about right, this? I think that people already are scared, because mm -hmm. uh, I think everybody on an intuitive uh, subliminal level knows that this lifestyle that we're in now is not you know, going to be able to, be able to continue. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I think that, you know, ten, what, what happens in our culture, because we're so distraction-oriented um, and in kind of ego, you know, me-centered, you know, me -centered, you know we, we use all these methods to kind of, kind of uh, you know, ignore the fear or suppress it, when actually I, I would think that this type of fear is a uh, natural kind of immune response of, of our, you know, psychobiological organism, which, which, is, which is recognizing the, the seriousness or the severity of the situation we're in. So, you know, the, the only way to, to overcome a fear like that is um, you can't just keep pushing it away. It's just going to get worse. You actually have to kind of go through it. And, and this is why, for me, the, the model of shamanism is so crucial. Because shamanism is really about, you know, going into the darkest places, you know, going through a kind of, uh, you know, death experience even on, a, on, a, on an inner level so that you kind of can reach a higher level of acceptance and, and then do the work that needs to be done. Do you see things like money going away eventually? In the, in the movie we're doing, 2012 Time for Change, we, we interviewed some uh, currency specialists who argue that, um, yeah, that basically the type of money we have now uh, only supports a certain type of activity. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, it, it creates uh, 
competition, aggressive behavior patterns. It's very yang, it's very masculine. It also is based on artificial scarcity. A bank will loan somebody money, uh, you know, they'll give them that money, but then they won't create that interest. So then everybody in society has to go out and compete against each other to bring back that extra interest money to the bank. And there's obviously always going to be winners and losers. Uh, this is not the only way that you could have a monetary system run. You could have a system, some have proposed, that uses negative interest. Because if you had money that was indexed to natural goods and resources, it would, it would, it would you know, degrade in value over time. So rather than hoarding resources, uh, you know, capital, people would find their best, um, you know, their best approach would be to share it when they had it. Um, there's also, you know, all sorts of interesting complementary currencies, time dollars, uh, a website like Couchsurfing, where people stay anywhere in the world and create on, based on a trust network. Uh, I think we're going to see more forms of uh, trust-based exchanges uh, developing that can actually be kind of uh, propagated and disseminated through, through the communications uh, networks. What other changes do you think we'll see? Changes in relationships, changes in parenting, changes in food? Yeah, I, th I think we'll see all of that. I mean, I think like um, the, uh, the, the sort of nuclear family uh, model is, is actually a little bit of an aberration for humanity, that, that actually our, our, our natural way is more of a tribal way. And um, it, it seems possible to me that the um, intense um, you know, crises, uh, biospheric crises that we're, that we're about to start facing are actually going to mesh people back together into um, kind of like postmodern tribal units. And I actually think they'll be, they'll be, people will be happier that way. Um, so, so that'll lead to a lot of changes. And I think um, I, I've wrestled a lot in, in my book 2012 with the question of monogamy, you know, if uh, other relationship models are possible or available for us in the future, if some type of positive uh, liberation of sexuality still, still needs to take place. Obviously we had a wave of that from the 60s to the 70s and clearly that, that changed society greatly from where we were in like the 1950s with all the repression, uh, but maybe there's a whole other evolution of, of, of uh, relationships and sexuality that has to happen and, and maybe part of that is a resacralization of uh, erotic uh, impulse and instinct. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back. We're going to figure out what it is maybe the shamans have told Daniel about also what might happen in 2012. back. You're listening to Change Nation. My guest today is Daniel Pinchbeck. He's the author of 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl. Daniel, welcome back. Thanks. Daniel, you've interviewed a bunch of people around the issue of 2012 from all walks of life. What have the shamans told you are going to happen in 2012? From their perspective, their wisdom, how do they see this unfolding? Well, it seems that, um, you know, traditional people, uh, indigenous people around the world, um, see, many of them seem to have an understanding of, of this as a, as a kind of long anticipated uh, time of uh, purification and, and transformation. We're, we're moving into a new epoch of, of consciousness, a, a new realization of the psyche, uh, a much better and, and more awesome uh, uh, world uh, experience. Uh, but, but to get there, you know, we have to go through 
you know, a, a kind of harrowing process, uh, really. And you know, my own perspective, which is you know, basically what I ultimately listen to the most, is that um, you know, you know, we look at we could have gone more sustainable over the last 30 years for whatever reason our society wasn't able to shift its inertia to to, to deal with that. So, I, but I think in a way. We've almost uh, sub subconsciously, our, our, the human species has been has been pushing itself to go through a kind of near-death initiatory experience on a species level in order to bring about a transmutation of human consciousness. Many people right now are waking up. Many people are whether it's going for books like yours, whether it's you know going for more spiritual type experiences. For people who are like, "Wow, that's not quite me. I don't know who they are, or what they are, or what they're doing." What would you tell them? Everybody has their own path, and, and you know, all, all I can do is be you know, in integrity with my own perspective, you know, which involves both you know, research and study and thought, and also experiential data and anecdotal data. Um, I mean, I, I guess um, I think that you know, the New Age culture kind of made a couple of mistakes. Uh, one mistake was kind of separating uh, the spiritual and the material. You know, we're, we're very stuck in a, in, a, in a dualistic frame, like our language is very dualistic. And, and the, this, this next like, iteration that we're moving into seems to be more of an, a non-dualistic uh, approach, where we recognize that you know, the physical and the psychic are integrated, that, that you know, matter and spirit are not, are, are not uh, separate. You know, you know, so, so, um, you know, so, so for me, like, the kind of slightly fuzzy uh, spirituality of the new age is, is really no longer appropriate at all. And um, you know, to, to be more uh, spiritual in a way it would actually be to, to also be more engaged, you know, more materialistic in a good way, and also more more political, you know, more more socially active. You know, so so for me, like um, some of the shift into this new paradigm is actually um, about um, you know, becoming more participatory. Like I think we live in a culture which is which has um, used uh, media and um, you know kind of institutions to disempower people and to you know make them you know not aware of their own agency and to kind of fool them through cynicism, detachment, uh, dissociation. You know, so 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 they they feel that they're like really really on it and smart. They don't actually realize to what extent their 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 perspectives, their viewpoints, their consciousness has actually been programmed by by a whole destructive media system. Uh, so so I think if people can can just step back a little bit, you know, and, and recognize that what they think are their ideas and their beliefs, you know, are often things that have just been kind of um, inculcated in them, you know, by, by, by a system of, of media, uh, and, and that actually there's a lot more freedom to, to um, think differently. Daniel, do you agree that 2012 is already here now, and it's more of a, a time as opposed to a specific date? So we're already in that time of change, so it's not a dramatic thing that might happen then? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're, I mean, among the communities that, that I'm part of, there, there has been an amazing um, growth. You know, I'm seeing people still grow and develop and integrate more and more of this material. I, I also think that at the same time, it's possible that we may see some very dramatic uh, situations. I mean, you know, all these climate scientists, 2007, looking at the glaciers, there's like a couple of glaciers which could melt at any moment or fall into the sea. And that would immediately lead to a one meter sea level rise, which would flood many coastal cities, which would lead to mass refugees. I mean, that would immediately be a, be a game changer, you know, for global civilization. 
and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something you know like that uh, uh, was to happen. I'm also very interested in extraterrestrials. Like I studied the crop circle phenomenon uh, in my book. And uh, I think there's some very intriguing evidence that we're moving towards some kind of uh, contact experience on a mass level. We're seeing more and more UFO sightings around the world. Uh, we're seeing governments releasing information about, about you know, formally classified data, uh, projects like the Disclosure Project. Um, so, you know, I, it seems like, you know, a, as there's this kind of waking okay. up process happening, there are also these other forces which are, which are you know, impelling that process to keep uh, accelerating towards something that really might be a, a, a extraordinary uh, jump jump point, like a quantum leap, you know, from where we are now. I know in your your book, which is wonderful, you you personally went to a lot of places, Glastonbury places, you know, looking at crop circles, looking at sort of UFO sightings. Why do you feel there's more and more contact today? Has, has it always been around and it just hasn't been brought into the mainstream? Like, do you think, what are the messages? What are the messages of crop circles? If the UFOs were able to speak our language, mm -hmm. what, do you think they, what do you think they're trying to communicate now? Uh, I think that they're trying to communicate that reality is actually a uh, co-creative process that involves us kind of extending our imaginative uh, participation. Uh, to a certain extent, and um, I think um, you know we're a little bit in the situation of like you know if if an anthropologist if a, if a very you know good anthropologist was to encounter an uncontacted tribe now like with everything that we know we wouldn't just dump on them like you know rifles and and you know a nuclear you know power plant or whatever we would actually be very careful about what we introduced to them about our about our ways and our culture we would give them time to assimilate. So I, my sense is that, you know, beings that have maybe reached a galactic level of technology and awareness, they wouldn't just dump it all on us in one second because that would just destroy us. We wouldn't, we, we have no containers for that. So they would give it to us kind of incrementally, piece by piece. I mean, an interesting idea about this 2012, um, you know, date is that it is actually an, an, an alignment. It's a galactic alignment. It's when the winter solstice sun comes into alignment, uh, you know, from the Earth, the winter solstice sun, uh, basically creates an eclipse of the dark rift at the center of the Milky Way, which is, which is uh, an enormous black hole. So one interesting thing about that is it's kind of like as, as an alignment, it's kind of a return to source or a return to center. Like since Copernicus, we've had a very kind of solar system-centered or sun-centered perspective. Previously to that, we had this earth-centered perspective. So our perspective keeps widening. And this next widening would be to a galactic perspective where we recognize that we're actually you know, spinning wildly around this, this, this source at the center. And so I think in, the, in that shift to a galactic-centered perspective, you know, just as the shift to, to, the, to the solar system perspective you know, allowed us to then reach across the whole planet and recognize all these other cultures through colonialism and imperialism and so on, this next shift you know, might be a kind of galactic uh, integration or homecoming where we would become aware of all sorts of phenomena that, that, that are happening around us. Do you think we might um, go into darkness? Do you think the electric grid might go? Do you think technology might go for a certain period of time. I know well, I've heard that as yeah, well. Yeah, that's in some of the prophecies. Um, it is possible, and it's actually, it's, it's even um, conceivable. I mean, you look at different scientific models of what might happen in terms of the 2012 is also uh, the end of a sunspot cycle, so it's a solar maximum. So just, just to end off, we're talking about psychic phenomena. Yeah. Some of the softer issues, like love, mm -hmm. like forgiveness, mm -hmm. like letting go of regrets, 
some of more the emotional changes. Mm -hmm. Do those go hand in hand or is what's going to happen everything is happening on an external level? Well, I think that, uh, yeah, that's a whole other way of just understanding and articulating what's happening. Uh, you know, there's the chakra system. You know, we talk about um, the third chakra is kind of the stomach, the fourth chakra is the heart. Uh, you know, the, we've been a third chakra based, uh, um, you know, culture where the stomach, so it's about appetite and, and consuming and so on. Uh, I would say that this, this, this shift would also be a shift into the fourth chakra, the heart chakra. So I, I think we may see a uh, huge overburst of uh, you know, love and compassion uh, as part of this shift. Uh, I also think, though, there, there may be the necessity for um, you know, very intense social and political changes, uh, you know, even, even political revolutions like we've seen in, in past scenarios of crisis. And we have a situation now where 400 billionaires control more wealth than two-thirds of the Earth's population. You know, that cannot continue. And as people become aware that the corporations and the financial elites have, have robbed their future by uh, decimating the planetary environment for their own greed and their own gain, uh, that's, um, you know, going to create some repercussions. Daniel, in a few seconds, tell us about the film, when it's coming out, where people can, can see it. Sure, well we have a trailer up at 2012timeforchange.com. Our plan at the moment, we're finishing, it's a, working with an animation studio in New York, New York, Curious Pictures. We're finishing the animation and the film uh, should uh, premiere at Sundance, then we hope to get a distributor uh, in, the, in the spring. Wonderful. Yeah. So that website is 2012timeforchange. Yeah. And then your other website, Reality Sandwich. Exactly. Is a really a society, a community of people. It's a, it's a web people. magazine, yeah. And then we have a social network, Evolver.net, and we're doing a uh, offline uh, community meetups and developing a model for kind of a scaffolding for, for uh, this new paradigm to emerge. Wonderful. Well, for anyone who's interested in 2012, any of these issues, consciousness, what might happen astrologically, spiritually, um, please be sure to visit Daniel's website. Daniel, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for uh, illuminating us a little bit in this issue in the short period of time. I know there's a lot more in, in that big, beautiful brain of yours. Thanks for watching. For more interesting, inspiring interviews, all types of issues, big changes, planetary changes, personal changes, please be sure to check us out at changenation.com. Thank you. Mm -hmm.